Welcome to Women of the Wild, where education and opportunities are key, and friendships are made to last a lifetime. You think we got him? You think we got him? We got him. You said that yesterday. All right, Skylar, what do we got here? We have a nice looking rip off. Yeah. This is Felicia Marie with Women of the Wild. I am here today with our guest, Faith Robertson from Texas. She has a really interesting story to tell. Um, she has some really cool things going on and somewhere that she just came back from that we'll touch base with. But hi, Faith, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Thank you for having me on here. Oh, absolutely. I've been following your journey and it's absolutely incredible. So if you don't mind, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, my name is Faith Robertson. I'm from San Angelo, Texas. I work out here at my dad's tire shop and for his oil company. I also own a few of my own businesses where I'm an entrepreneur out here. I recently got more passionate about hunting, but I've hunted my whole entire life. That's awesome. So what are some of the, the businesses that you run? Um, I'm currently starting a coffee shop. I own a little real estate business that I'm trying to get started. I'm a marketing manager for his tire company and his oil company. So you're like the jack of all trades. <laughs> and I'm currently training for the next Olympic trials again. Oh my, yeah. So I know that we touched base on that privately, but do you want to talk yeah. about that a little bit? Because that's really awesome. Yeah, I ran track at Texas Tech University, then ASU University, then uh, UTSA. And then after that, I got to run in the 2021 Olympic trials where I think I finished 23rd overall. And um, so, yeah, that was really fun. And I got to take a year off and now I'm back at it for the next ones. Oh, my gosh. That's so awesome. Uh, I can't even imagine. How many people was that out of when you, you finished 23rd, you said? Yes. To get invited, you have to go top 28 in the United States. You have to have the fastest time. And ultimately, they invite the top 28 fastest females in each event to go and then um, top three make it to the Olympics for the USA team. Wow. Well, you're going to get it next time. Yeah, that's the goal. Oh, that's <laughs> exciting. Um, so can you tell me how you got into hunting? What was it that really sparked your interest? So my dad has hunted his whole entire life. He was adopted and his adopted father, he hunted anything you could think of. He hunted. And so my dad grew up doing it. And so when me and my brother grew up, he always took us out with him. and um, he was a teacher and a coach for a high school, so he didn't have much time. But when he did, he would take us deer hunting. You know, it was never really, I just always tagged along. And I remember I was coloring in the bottom of a deer blind and a small little tiny, like six point walked out. And I remember my dad was like asking my brother if he wanted to shoot it. And he was like, no, it's too small. And I was down in the very bottom coloring and I was like, can I shoot it? And I whispered. And so he was like, I guess if you want to hunt. And so I think I was like eight years old. And so I jumped up there or six six years old and I jumped up there and he let me shoot it. And then from then on out, I just kind of got attached to it and I love it. And I've always ran track since I was five. I started and up until last year I stopped. So I've been nonstop with that. And so this is the first year I've gotten to travel and just go all around and, and actually experience it. Now with your travels, you recently got back from one of the places that hold near and dear to my heart. And that's in <laughs> South Africa with Rhino Land. Um, what was, what brought you there and tell us about your experience there. Cause I know it's, to me, it's one of the most incredible places in the world. And we're actually taking a group of women back in August. So tell us about that experience for you and how you got there. Yeah. So it was actually, I say it was God sent that I went there, but 
two years ago, I guess, at a SCI event here in San Angelo, we, um, I bought an auction to go to South Africa and hunt a crocodile, but it was through a different outfitter. My brother had just recently gotten back from Rhino Land, and I had asked him to go with me to this new um, outfitter. And my brother said, if I ever go to South Africa again, it'll be with Rhino Land. I will not go with anyone else. And I was like, fine, I guess I'm gonna have to find somebody. And you know, it's tough for people to just up and go to South Africa, especially if you don't hunt. Like it, it's just, it's tough to find the right type of person to wanna go with. My brother would not go with me and uh, they ended up coming down to visit my brother. And so I got to meet them and I fell in love with them, absolute love with them. And they said, they kind of made a deal with me where, you know, you can take your brother, we'll honor what you bought at SCI. Like we donated it, we'll get you a crop and we'll let you um, come not necessarily for free because it got donated the money got donated but you know we'll talk to your outfitter and see if we can't switch it over with us and I was like without a doubt so we got it switched over my brother went with me and so I always say it was God sent that I actually got to go with him and go there so yeah we got we finally got the date set up and I got to go over there and they were awesome like I mean absolutely awesome yeah they are their family to me now um they're just an incredible, so I'm assuming that they came to visit you during the expo season, like December, Jan, uh, December, January, February period. Mm -hmm. Yes. I came to visit my brother and I just happened to stop on by and I stayed there all night with them. <laughs> yeah. They're a, a tough group not to get along with. Um, so I, I can completely understand that you meet them and you feel like you've known them your whole life and they, their accommodation to just making you happy is superb to anyone I've ever met. Like they are, what can we do to help? How can we make this the best experience? Just absolutely fantastic people. But that's really awesome that they did that for you and honored that. And it also is great that you got to go with somebody you've already met. You know, mm -hmm. you got to go to one of the, I mean, the resort that they have is absolutely stunning and it's a beautiful environment. It's 32,000 acres of just gorgeous. Yes. Um, and while you were there, you got a couple of pretty cool animals. I know you got, um, the crocodile. So they, honor uh -huh. the crocodile. you got a monster croc, yes, um, a zebra, a kudu and an ostrich and a, um, impala and a, oh my gosh, it wasn't a diker. Now I'm gonna, is it steam Yes, that's what it is. There's so many little ones out there. I was like, I don't even know what I got, but I got a little one. <laughs> I love it. So which one was your favorite? I'm going to have to say the Steenbok. It was really? so cute and little and I was able to do it all myself, like set it up myself, put it up myself, like, cause it was so small and you know, all my other animals, you kind of get to take in the moment and then they, they take it from you. And it makes you so sad. I think when they took my crock away, I started crying. Oh, that had to have been an incredible hunt though with that croc. Oh, it was that I'm going to say was my favorite hunting experience. Maybe not my favorite animal I shot up there, but the experience to get that croc was just absolutely insane. I mean, I would live that every day if I could. Can you tell us about it? Yeah. So, um, we were actually hunting, you know, it was our first day there. So we still had our whole list open because my brother also hunted six or seven animals so our list was really open. We were just kind of driving around, seeing what we could find, looking at the land, being able to look at the rhinos and the elephants, taking it all in. And he, he said, it's, it's really hard to find the alligators because they're in the water until the sun gets real high and it gets real hot and they come out. He was like, well, before we go in for lunch, this is the very first day. He said, before we go in for lunch, I'm going to fly my drone over and just happen to see if we can see him. And sure enough, he was out just on the very bank, like you could edge of the water like I mean like he was laying there and he was wide awake and he was like so we're gonna have to be way quiet if we want if we want to go get him so we drove up and he made us take our shoes off so that was pretty crazy that's the first time that's ever happened and we had to walk up in our socks and of course everybody has on like boot socks that are brown and all you know green dark green and I take mine off and I have on like the widest brightest socks you could think of and so we walk up this hill um in our socks a big hill too with rocks and we get up there and he was like crawling underneath like the bushes on the on the trail and I'm like am I really doing this because you know I've hunted but I've hunted a lot of high fence so it, it's a task to get the animal but also like I don't know how to say it. you don't really if you scare them off you can find them again type of thing 
And so it was like a whole new experience for me to have to crawl on the dirt and in my socks and stuff. And so we get up there and he gets me to lay on my tummy and gets a backpack out. And he's like, all right, lay down, shoot. And I'm like, excuse me, what? I cannot hit that off of my belly. <laughs> so it was so much fun. I got to get on it. And, you know, when you shoot a crock, you have to shoot it twice, once in the spine, once in the heart. And um, I just happened to make two perfect shots and he went in the water, but not very far. We were, we were able to get him. And when we actually pulled him out, he was still a little bit alive, but he had been spined, you know, so he was, he was passing, but um, it was just a crazy experience for him to still be looking at us. Like, how do you think about the water? So he had just barely crawled into the water and his tail was kind of sticking up. And I've seen videos of Michael going in there and grabbing them, you know, yeah. but he said that was in his young, stupid days. So he got a stick and he pulled him out with the stick, a big, long stick. And so it, he, it was fun. And he, he got nasty in the water to go get him. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Michael, he's had his moments. I think he did the most dangerous seven before he was 11 years old. Yeah. So he's something. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. But we've seen, we see some videos of somebody shooting a Croc and him having to go get in the river and go get it. We were like, you're crazy. And we were like, okay, go get it. He was like, ah, not this time. <laughs> now, how about your, your kudu? Cause I know for me, the kudu was like my absolute favorite. How was your experience with the kudu? Yeah, he, we hunted for him for, that was the second animal actually on my list after the croc. We were going after a kudu and we hunted and hunted and hunted for him. And actually I got all my other animals while we were hunting for him. We weren't even hunting for my other animals. And he was just, I mean, giving us heck. We would find him and then we'd fall him with the drone and he would just disappear. And there were so many um, situations where he would just be behind a tree needing to step out and he just would not. It, he knew, he knew. Yeah. And um, anyway, so the day before my last day, Michael had his dad come out and um, he helped us out and he is, he's an awesome hunter. He was just awesome for us to be looking for so many hours. And then he just helped us. And within like, I think it was the first hour of him being out there. He found three mature bulls. Like it mm -hmm. was just insane. He is awesome. He is absolutely, absolutely awesome. So very knowledgeable. Yes. And so he, he got me on one, him and Michael got, got me on one and um, he just stepped out and I had to make a quick shot. And there was a few times too, that a mature kudu, Michael got me on one. He was like, it's going to be a uh, moving. So, you know, take your shot if you can get one. And I think the first shot I took on one, he might've been 500 yards away, full sprinting. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I was like, you told me, you told me if you see him shoot. <laughs> yeah, the kudu. So when I went last year, the kudu was like the number one on my list. And I had a, like the package with like the zebra, um, the two Impalas. I ended up adding a Nyala, but the kudu was what I hunted the whole time. So all six mm -hmm. days we were there, we were only chasing kudu and every animal I got was in the process to that kudu. Mm -hmm. I actually shot my kudu like an hour and a half before we were heading back to camp to leave to the airport. That's like, awesome. This effort. I didn't even use shooting sticks. He, I don't even know if he stopped the truck and I just lifted my gun and I pulled the trigger and I, I hit him, but they're so hard to knock down sometimes. Yeah. Him and I actually got out of the truck and we walked up up a ways. Cause I shot him at like, I only shot him at like 72 yards, 72, 73 yards from the truck. And then we walked up the road and I got it on shooting sticks and made a perfect shot to his heart at like, at that point he was only at like 35 yards to drop yeah. him. But we did a sable while we were there with my dad and it was his first hunt in 40 years. So in my entire life, it's the first animal my dad's ever harvested and his first like true hunting experience, mm -hmm. complete like father daughter moment that I'll cherish for the rest of my life. But like he was starting to feel bad because he knew this was like my dream animal and oh. I almost was going to leave without it, but he got his dream animal. So he started having that like hunter's remorse of well, we wasted a day on mine. So it all, it all panned out so well. And I will like tell anybody that goes to South Africa with regardless of the outfitter, but I'm partial to Rhino land and I'm sure you are now too. Um, but like, if you have that one set animal stick to it, yeah. and everything else will fall into place. Like 
what nature wants to provide is going to provide you. So now what about your zebra? Because to me, that's one of the most beautiful animals over there that I had not even thought I wanted to hunt until I hunted it. That was, that was me too. My brother had went last year and he came back with the zebra and I was like, why would you shoot a zebra? That's a horse. Those are pets. And, you know, I've been around all these high fences in Texas and the zebras are fun to look at and they're sweet. And like, I guess some do get hunted, but I, I just, I would never hunt one ever. And he was like, no, when you get up there, you'll understand they're wild out there. They're not tame. They're not horses. They're wild animals that are just like the rest of them. And I'm like, no, that's a horse. I'm not going to shoot it. And so we get out there and I see them out in the field and I'm like, those are beautiful. And you know, they're scared of you and stuff. Cause I'm just used to seeing them here where you pet them and you give them an apple. Like, and so they're wild animals out there. And when I had first laid eyes on them, I was like, I'm taking one of those. I'm taking one of them home with me. <laughs> a lot of, and I think that we here in America have like this misconception because of zoos and everything. Uh-huh. When you get over there, you realize it's no different than like a white tail is to us. Yeah. Um, so it's, it is a different atmosphere and like the appreciation, especially, and I can only speak this to Rhino land, but the, the appreciation that they have for the management of their animals is really awesome because you're not over there just taking an animal. You're taking the most mature, like they really put the work in to make sure that you're getting not only a trophy, but like you are taking an animal that is past its breeding prime, that is at its most mature level. Like right. we saw kudu where Michael's like, not for another six months. Like they'd yep. be a seven and a half year old. And he's like, when he hits eight, that's when he's a shooter. And I'm like, yep. but he's gorgeous. Let me shoot him. And he's like, not yet. Yeah. Um, so that's a really cool part of it all too, is just the management aspect that you can really appreciate that here in the United States, I think we overlook it a lot and don't right. understand it. One of, uh, one of the things that was also really cool is my kudu that I shot his cape in the back. It was missing a stripe. So they all connect at the spine and then one would come up and it just didn't have another one. So that was awesome. And then also we were eating that night and his dad came up and he was like, I have a surprise for you. And I was like, what's that? And someone walked in and they handed him something and everybody was like being weird. He was being weird too. Like I couldn't tell everybody didn't know what was going on. He was like, this is found in your kudu. And I actually have the rocks over there. He had these four rocks in his stomach that they have no idea where they came from. One is like the brightest turquoise you could ever think of. One looks like, it looks like metal, but it's like a rock shape and it's really smooth. And then there's a green one that looks like probably if you polished it, it would be like emerald green. And then there's another one that has sparkles in it. It is the I, weirdest thing. I actually saw your guys's post about the missing stripe. And I was like, oh, that's such a cool, because I like the quirkiness on animals. So do so I. Like, super <laughs> cool. But then I saw your post about the rocks and Reddit. And I was like, okay, I was there for six days. And I was like looking at the rocks a lot because my son, my youngest son is like all into like collecting rocks. So like we're walking and my, my eyes on the ground a lot, looking at the cool rocks and what I could like take home for him. <laughs> so when I saw those, I was like, I never saw any rocks like that. Like, where did he pick those up from? No, that's the thing. They have no idea. Even the dad was like, you have to take these back. Cause we don't have anybody here that can like examine them and see exactly what they are. And he was like, you have to take these back and see what they are. So I have them right here and I actually take them next week to go get them like inspected and to figure out what kind of material they are. But they were coming up with everything from like, maybe they got them from like, from like the tribes that lived there before everybody, maybe like at a burial site, they don't know, but it obviously is not like from the land. Somebody brought those in and somehow that kuduate them and we don't know how. So I'm really excited to see what exactly they are. You'll have to keep us updated on that because that is probably one of the most interesting things that like I took away from your hunt were those rocks. Yeah. Um, just the fact that it's like, in which I know like the kudu is, you know, during the rut, their horns are really shiny. So they'll like bury them in the mud and try to get mm -hmm. the mud on them and take the shine off. Like they're really smart. So it's like, was he digging into the mud and like pulled them up and thought like that was food because of the colors. Yeah. It's just really, really neat. Cause they do is. have a lot like the quartz and the pinks and everything, but those are like aquas and emeralds and just really neat. Yes. That one, the one that's the, 
it doesn't even do it justice in the picture. You can see all the colors and stuff, but there's one that is literally like metal, but it is not a piece of metal. It's like light and it is shaped like a rock. It is the, I like to this day, even here, I have never seen anything like that one rock. Cause you've seen turquoise, you've seen that stuff, but like that one rock is just like, what the heck is this? <laughs> Are you going to do something cool with them? I don't know. See, I kind of want to put them in a little plaque by the mount. So, like, you know, something really cool, but also I kind of want to make a necklace out of one of them. I think that would be really cool to, you know, keep it and make a nice piece of jewelry out of it. Right. Yeah, they are. I mean, for anyone that when we get to that point, but after this episode, they need to come check it out because those rocks are seriously some of the most beautiful, coolest rocks I've ever seen. And it, it just, if you know anything about South Africa and you know anything about the land, like it's really just an incredible, unique moment. And like you said, it's yeah. a God. So things like this that happen just fall into place. And it was really, really neat to read about those. So I can't wait to see what they actually are. Yes, me too. Rhino Land, when are you going back? Um, we have a trip booked for 2025. It's a big group of us going. We don't really have the dates or anything, but I am like, I already told them I bawled my eyes out when I was leaving and I was like, I'm going to be back. I'm going to be back like soon too. Yeah. And I don't even care if I hunt, I'm just coming back. Right. So <laughs> the reason why I asked it the way that I did is because so many people are like, oh, I don't know that I'd ever do it. I'm like, you go and you go with them. You will be back every chance you get. And I know once you go there, you will always go back. Like, it's not a place you'll just go once and be done with it. Like you, it sure. to your heart. Literally, this is, this is just a funny fact or funny moment, but, um, Natalie, his, uh, Michael's girlfriend works mm -hmm. out there now. And she was like, when I was leaving, I was so sad. I was like, I don't want to leave you. I don't want to leave Michael. I don't want to leave this place. And she was like, okay, when you go back, I need you to get a Tinder and I need you to pay to put your profile in South Africa. Cause we've got to find you a man so you can move up here. And I was like, I am. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I want to yeah. move up there. That's how much you love it. Like you, yeah. you want to stay there. You don't even want to go home. Yeah. That's exactly how I felt. Like it stole my heart so much. I started taking um, online classes to speak Afrikaans and like yeah. I decided like one whole room in my house is being devoted to Rhino Land and all my mounts. And like Michael and I talk almost every single day and it's like Bianca I'm she wasn't there because now she's working at the taxidermist, but that's um, Marcel's wife. wife she was, yeah. she was who used to do Michael's girlfriend's job. Um, mm -hmm. So she was the host when I was there and I like her and I just, you click with them and it's literally yeah. just the best atmosphere ever. Um, oh, so one you, thing. Go back. Yes, definitely. One thing that wasn't posted and I haven't posted it. I don't think my brother's posted it. I don't think Ryan Elena's posted it, but we got to varmint hunt up there. We brought our like lucky duck and Fox pro stuff mm -hmm. up there. You know, the calls that we use heavy here in Texas and, um, they don't, I guess, do as much up there. So we, we got red lights. We brought our lucky, lucky duck up there and we called like all night long. And I was able to get an African wildcat. And it was one of the cats that, um, they said they had shot one before, but not with, uh, not with any hunters that had came to hunt. It was just them. So, um, this cat that you got while you were there, mm -hmm. Do you remember what it was? An African wildcat. I believe that's what it was called. Like, okay. actually, yeah, and it was like, big. I feel like it might not have been posted, but Michael might have sent me a picture uh -huh. um, because I do remember him talking about that because we talked about doing some night hunts mm -hmm. and um, coyote hunting and varmint hunting is a lot of what I do here. And yeah. One of my friends, one of my really good friends over in Ireland, they're not allowed to use electronic calls. So he taught me how to call with my hand. Mm -hmm. I told him, I said, I want to use this. So we talked about that for this August when we go back. He's like, we will mm -hmm. sneak away and we'll get you to, out there and see what you can call in. So it was so much fun. And we do a lot of hunting up here, um, night hunting, you know, varmint hunting. And so it was like cool to see all those animals running. Half of them that we saw were actually on the list of like, you can't shoot. It's not legal, but it was just cool. Cause you know, we're used to these foxes, coyotes. And for us to see like these crazy animals that you can only see on TV, like running into you, like it was just mind blowing. 
to see hyenas or anything or hear them? No, we heard some lions in the morning, but we never, never heard hyenas, I don't think. And then we also, that night we heard quite a few, um, what, they're coyotes up there, but they call them something jackals? else. Yeah, jackals. We yeah. heard quite a few of those at night. So I will tell you one of my favorite things about Rhino Land is waking up in the mornings and hearing the lions baying while you have your coffee right there on the mm -hmm. porch. Every morning, I just, I would wake up an extra half an hour before we were supposed to be there just to go sit uh -huh. there in the dark and listen to the lions when the sun starts to come up. Yeah. Um, absolutely just incredible experience. Um, what about leopards? Do you have any encounters with them? We did not, unfortunately. That's why I was on the lookout. They were like, are you hunting? And I wanted to be like, yeah, but I'm looking for leopards. <laughs> I mean, y'all can look for my animal, but I'm going to look for leopards. I was just, and every time we'd see a print, I'd be like trying to follow it. And they'd be like, come on, like we're hunting. And I'd be like, wait, the leopard track went that way. That's exactly how it was for me. Um, I actually started joking and I told my dad I was going to soak his shoes in sardine oil. Just so we could get one to come in. No, no, no. They were like, that's how I was the whole entire trip. I mean, um, Michael was driving and my brother said, oh, look, a little turtle. And I mean, I jumped out of the truck and was like, where? And I like had to get it. And then there was another one. And I was like taking all these videos and pictures. And they were like, can we get back to hunting? And I was like, but do y'all see these? And everybody was like, let's hunt. And I was like, just a few more pictures with these. I just could not get over everything. Were they the leopard tortoises? I, I, he said they, they lived to like 200 years old. And they get huge. But I mean, these were this big they were so tiny and they weren't even scared of me they were letting me touch all over them and what was crazy is I think it was right after that we were hunting a kudu and we were like I mean going through the bushes running chasing this kudu like crazies and there was a turtle shell and it was just empty and it was like this big and so I stopped to get it and everybody was like go go like because I was the shooter so they were like you got to stay in the front and I was like but the turtle shell and then I tapped my brother and I said go back and get it and they like have it all on video because Sean was recording and he was like I'm not picking that up and we're like running through the bushes arguing because I wanted the turtle shell so bad I was like I mean I'm interested in the hump but I want that turtle shell oh girl so. you, you have a girl after my own heart because that was me <laughs> I'm there too um <laughs> I think they have it I got to I found a uh, leopard tortoise while I was there and it was like dinner plate size uh-huh and I'm like Michael, stop the truck. And he's like, it's a turtle. And I was like, I want to hold it. And he's like, oh my God. <laughs> like, you don't understand. I don't get these things at home. Let me just pick it up. Literally, yeah. So we did. And Sean was with us. And Sean's like trying to videotape me with this turtle. And I'm like, do I have to put him back? Like he was, <laughs> it's one of those things that I think that, especially as females, we get so involved with experiencing it. And you almost like, not that you forget about the hunt, right? But you want to absorb all those little things. I agree. And now a short word from our sponsors. Do you enjoy the great outdoors and hope to share that excitement with your kids? Now you can through Dr. Josh Farr's great collection of books. Share your love of nature while also teaching valuable life lessons on friendship and learning the alphabet with books like the ABCs of Hunting. Plus, the ABCs of Hunting workbook is the perfect learning tool to captivate young readers and create a foundation for your future hunter. Find out more about these and other books from Dr. Josh Farr at drjoshfarr.com. That's D-R-J-O-S hfarr.com. Hey everyone, Andy Lehman here from ACC Crappie Sticks. Just want to let you know about our crappie baits and jig heads. We have a wide selection of the hottest colors and big eye crappie jig heads in the most popular colors and sizes. Check them all out at acccrappiesticks.com. Thank you. Girls with Guns Clothing is a proud sponsor of Women of the Wilds podcast. If you're looking for hunting gear, be sure to check out our new fall collection, including the launch of our new Artemis Generation 2 lineup. With Girls With Guns, you know that our gear has been designed and field tested by women who actually hunt and wear this gear. We have an amazing team of women who contribute and share their ideas and extensive field testing so that our gear works for you in multiple hunting environments. We build our gear for women of all shapes and sizes, made by women for women. If you want to try out GWG, you can go to gwgclothing.com and use WILD15 for a discount off of your first order. 
Well, you see, trappers are a special breed of people. We're dedicated, committed, and passionate about what we do and who we are. Each and every one of us has an intense desire to be the very best we can. So in a world of skinny jeans, man buns, and pumpkin spice lattes, sometimes you just have to stop, push back, and tell the world, that's not me. Whether you're from the far north, or in the deep south, and anywhere in between, Southern Snares can help you succeed at getting the job done and being who you are. We would also like you to check out Sawmill Creek Bait and Lures, RMC Custom Calls, Atlantic Coral Enterprise, Blast and Cast Guide Service, Epler Fur, Feather Moon Calls, Shangalaya Safaris, Shelly Emmer with Dirty Girl Guide Service, and Hunting Day Podcast. And now back to the podcast. Yeah, I agree. Sean got so much footage. He was loving my feed because like my croc, I'm telling you, I like had tears in my eyes and I was like kissing it. And they were like, why are you kissing that crocodile? And I was like, I love it. <laughs> it's like crazy how much you fall in love with the animal that you harvest. And like, I feel like, as some people, a bunch of my friends don't hunt and they just, they don't understand. And I'm like, it's just like, it's my animal. And they're like, but you, you just shot it. And I'm like, it's so much more than that. It is not just a, I shot an animal. It's like, you've got to experience that. And up there, they do it in such a respectful harvesting way that it's not like you don't, it's not a bad thing. Right. And that's what I think a bunch of people that don't hunt my friends, especially like they just don't get it, but I'm like, oh, you get out there and you'll understand. <laughs> Absolutely. You will definitely, you do it once and you'll understand it. So what was your, cause you get to consume all the meat that you harvest there. What was your favorite thing that you got to eat there that was new to you? <clears throat> Probably sable. I didn't, I didn't get to harvest one, but my brother did. He got to bow hunt uh, for it. And it was just, it, it was so cool. Cause he literally, we hunted for it the day before and then we got to eat a steak of it the next night and it was so yummy and I was just like could not wrap my brain around that it was like I do eat meat here but I couldn't wrap my brain around we had just went on that long extensive hunt for it and got to see it so up close and then it was like so yummy on my plate I'm telling you I could not comprehend that night how good it, it was you, sorry it makes you appreciate it like that much no. more than it does. It really does. Yeah. That, that was, was probably my favorite. No, they did it as steak with like the potatoes, asparagus and everything I'm assuming. Yeah. I think it had potatoes. I can't remember. I ate the whole plate though. Like nobody could finish their plate. I remember. And they were like, how are you still eating little girl? And I was like, I'm not leaving this here. Like <laughs> I'm so full and I, my buttons are out to pop, but there's no way I'm leaving this on my plate. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I joked with them before we went and I was like, I'm just letting you know, I'm wearing stretchy pants to every dinner because I am going to fully immerse myself and I will eat until like my stomach, I'm going to eat till I'm <laughs> and my dad and I, we're not big people. Like I'm a hundred, 110 pounds. And my dad's not a big guy. He's probably well, like 160. And we would sit there at dinner until we were almost licking our plates clean. And everything was just like, it was your Eddie everything is like better than any five star I've ever had here um Eddie could put a rock on my plate and it probably still tastes good (laughs) yeah yeah that's that is like he could make my shoe taste good literally he's okay now that we're talking about Eddie and did you get to hunt with the tracker tot yes tot so on that hunt while my brother was actually hunting the stable he was you know archery hunting so we stayed in the truck because it's better to only have a few people out there. And me and him just started talking. And I said, so what do you like hunting? Like, and he was like, yeah, I love hunting. And I was like, so what have you harvested? And he was like, I've never actually like harvested an animal. And I was like, why? And he was like, I don't have a gun. And I was like, well, there's plenty of guns here. Like, what do you mean? They won't let you borrow one. And he was like, well, this is a business. And like, I can't afford an animal here. And like, I don't have my own land to hunt on. And it was just like a uh, conversation we had and I was like this man has worked so hard for us I mean I was in the one of the things he did for me that just touched my heart was I was in the car and I dropped my phone and I didn't realize I dropped my phone so like 15 minutes later I'm like hey Michael um 
we have a problem. I think my phone fell out somewhere. And he was like, excuse me, what? This was like day one. I was like, yeah, I don't know. We have no service. We have no way to track it. And Todd was like, I'll get it. I'll get it. Y'all keep hunting. And so he just takes off running down the road. He was just going to run down the road until he saw it. And I mean, like probably we turned around and went back and 15 minutes later, he walks up with my phone. And I was just like, are you kidding me? Like, that's the sweetest thing I think anyone has ever done for me. And he was just awesome the whole trip working so hard. And so I was able to buy him an Impala and get a mount for him. And so he got to harvest his first animal ever on the trip. And it, it was, we shot, I think in total 15 animals and his one animal was probably one of the funnest hunts that we had on the whole entire trip. Cause he, he shot and it went down, but it was kind of angled weird. And we thought it was dead and the dogs came up and spooked it and it took off running and we had like a GoPro on the dog. So we all took off running after it and it ran quite a ways. Michael fell down. You'll have to get him to send you that video. He busted and it was just so much fun. And I think Todd had the time of his life and so did all of us. That I'm not even kidding. I have goosebumps right now. <laughs> Todd was one of my like he was one of my favorites there, like Eddie oh. and all of them, but like we spend so much time with your trackers. Like my dad and I really got attached to Tot a lot. Yes. Yes. And He's an awesome person. The fact that you did that, like, I almost want to cry right now because he's so like, this man is so deserving and he put so much, I'm literally going to cry right now. He oh. put so much effort into those hunters that like, it's just the most amazing thing. Um, he just worked so hard. I was like, if anybody here deserves an animal, it's him. And I remember my brother and I who were like, you know, you're chasing your kudu. Are you sure you want to like take the time to like get him a anything? And I turned around and I was like, you want an Impala, a zebra, a wildebeest? What do you want? He was like, Impala right away. And I was like, we're getting taught an Impala. And they were like, are you not going to hunt for your kudu? And I was like, I've literally got five days of hunting and we've both gotten just about everything on our list. Like if I don't get a kudu, it's not the end of the world. I think that I'd much rather hunt with Tot today. So that was, he had never shot a gun. He had never, never anything. So it was so much fun. I said, I'll be your tracker. You be the hunter. <laughs> I, I can't tell you how much I love that. And like, appreciate the fact that you did that. Cause that man is beyond deserving of something like that and he's he the hardest worker in the room and he's got eyes like an eagle like no. we no. were driving and he'd be like stop <laughs> zebra, zebra zebra and there would be zebras like 800 yards running <laughs> to the thickest stuff and we're like how did you even see that <laughs> mm -hmm. um but he he pours his heart into that place no, and he does for doing that because that yes. that story just warms my heart more than I could put into words no, it was awesome. And, you know, every time we saw an animal and it took off, he would grab the little tracker and just like jump out. And I'm like, it's 110 degrees. It was so hot when we were down there. And I was like, we'll find another one, like grab you a Coke and sit down. He was like, no, no, I'll find it. And I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna grab me a Coke and I'll watch <laughs> you. <laughs> and he could, he can find anything, like anything. Very, very good at his job. So good at his job, such a hard worker. And I just respected that so much. So to find out that he had never got to hunt himself I was like we're changing that to today <laughs> oh my gosh that's that's just incredible like it was so it was so funny too because you know they loaded up all his friends were loading it up and um when they came he was like they were asking like who shot this and stuff in their language you could tell just like how and he was like me and he was like telling them the story and he was so pumped up and it just like warmed my heart to know like you know he got to experience that that feeling we get to experience all the time and we take for granted just to let him understand like what it feels like exactly and appreciate it probably that much more. I absolutely love that. <laughs> Such a well-deserving person. And Definitely. that literally gave me goosebumps and brought tears to my eyes because that man truly deserves that. And I think a lot of people, especially our listeners that haven't been to South Africa to realize that it's a third world country, that they don't have the same amenities that <laughs> we have in something that simple is that big to them? Like what you provided that man is a life-changing experience for him that he might not have ever experienced, even though he worked on a ranch. So we do take things like that for granted. And it absolutely warms my heart that you did that and goes to show just how honest and sweet of a person that you are to put yes. that effort into him. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, 
Now I know you're going to go back and we already talked about that because the place is just incredible. And like everything, the sunsets, the sunrises are unmatched. Like te- I always tell people here in the United States, like Texas is probably the closest that you're ever going to get in the United States to South Africa, mm-hmm. but it's still so unmatched. Mm-hmm. Um, but talking about Texas, your family actually owns a ranch mm-hmm. in Texas and not to deter off of rhino land because I know we're going to be getting back out there in a couple of months um, that I really appreciate you telling that story. But before we run out of time, I really want to touch base on what your family does there in Texas. Can you tell us about your beautiful ranch? Yes. So my dad started that ranch with just like, I think it was 300 acres of low fence and he had a vision in mind and he bought surrounding land around there. And I think we have about 900 acres, maybe a little bit more now. He just um, bought a little bit more. That's not high fenced in yet, but he took it all and he high fenced it. He took the old house that was out there and stuccoed it, re-innovated the inside. Um, He built four hunting cabins, a big, huge shop. That's a big play area with a pool table, golf simulator, like big, oh, pergola. Don't even know, made out of like beautiful Austin stone. I'm going to get married out there one day, but it's beautiful. And he just took his vision and started from scratch. And last month we finished it. And so now it's up and ready for hunts. And we have, it's crazy to see those animals in their natural habitat over in South Africa, and then see them in your backyard here at our ranch. And it it really does make me appreciate them that much more. Cause you know, before I'm like, they're so annoying. Like we got to feed them all the time and they're running out of water and it becomes like a chore almost after such a long time. And then you see them up there and now I come home and I'm like, I want to touch them and love them. And not that I didn't appreciate them before. It's just like, you get that love for them back, I guess that when you see them every day and they're so close, you, you lose the like awe aspect of it, I guess you could say. And so for me to go up there, I come back and I'm like, I forget people don't get to experience this. I take it for granted. Cause I'm in Texas seeing these African animals or these We have some from China. We have some from all over, but yeah, we run a hunting operation out of there and we hunt, we have hunts, hunts there. Your favorite animal that you have on the ranch? Um, probably our Ibex. Yes. Oh, after my heart, because Ibex are right up there on my list. They're beautiful. They just leave me like their horns are just like, how does that even happen? How does that grow from them? It just leaves me in awe. Well, next month when I'm down there, I'm going to have to give you a call because I just want to see one. Yeah, we have we have this, our breeder, His he's really sweet and his name is um, Chavo and he's my favorite. He's huge. <laughs> now, I've seen that you have, I mean, you've really gotten into it. You've had, um, a- you had access, right? And uh, the Pure David, which is another beautiful, beautiful, <laughs> high on the list animal. Um, yes. You've done all of it, though, really, that Texas has to offer. I'm assuming growing up there, you get a lot of that opportunity. Um, Mm -hmm. But what are some of the animals your ranch has for our listeners for if they want to come out and experience something like that to know what your ranch has? We have about everything that you could possibly think of. Ibex, we have whitetail, 300-inch whitetail, multiple, tons of them. We have, um, let me think, we have Fallow, Axis, Pure David, Kudu, um, some Sable. We have Audad. We have, we're getting zebras, more zebras. We are getting, I couldn't even tell you. We have so many animals. Anything you could probably think of, we have it out there. Yeah. And I know a lot of the ranches in Texas, if you don't have it and somebody wants it, you guys are able to typically get it. Um, Are you running like Gemsbach or the Scimitar or anything like that as well? Gemsbach and Oryx. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to give you a call and just come go for a ride through the ranch while I'm down there. Oh, definitely. We had a hunt out there uh, two years ago that was for Disabled Outdoorsmen. And we had a guy come out and shoot an Oryx and that was, that was some fun. Oh, I love it. That we work a lot with our female veterans and we're definitely mm-hmm. going to have to set something up with your oh, ranch. Yeah, now, where does the Lunker Ranch? Because I did see that there's a fish on your logo. Are we bass fishermen too? Yes, definitely. Um, we stock the ponds with some big, 
we call them lunkers because that's what a big fish is called. That's why we we named it that because my dad stocked the ponds and we were like, these are some lunkers. <laughs> and so that's how the name came about. But yes, there's quite a few ponds and on there that you can fish in. And it's actually 10 minutes away from Lake Ivy that also right now is just blowing up with bass that are insane. insane. So if people want to come hunt these exotics or their whitetail and get their 300 inch plus, you know, and then come catch a <laughs> big old largemouth. Like oh, you're yeah. the to go there's, the we've drawn in some hunters actually from, um, that come to tournaments at Lake Ivy or fish Lake Ivy. Cause it's, such good fishing and then they find out about us and we're so conveniently located that they're able to not only fish on our ranch but also go fish on a huge lake and then come also hunt so you kind of get the best of both worlds right there yeah and I saw your guys's Instagram of the video with the drone going up and driving around and it is like stunning stunning um I cannot wait to see more pictures of everything I saw the big pergola that you were taught or the big outdoor patio that you were yeah. talking about I guess your South African boy is going to have to come here to marry you. And then you move there. <laughs> I guess so. I don't know, but I love South Africa. I was like literally in a convenience store. Like, I wonder if that guy's single. And they were like, stop, stop. I was like, I just want to move here with y'all. Oh, have Michael set you up on like an arranged marriage. <laughs> That's what there. I told him. That's what I told him. I said, just pick me out a guy and I'll come up here. Yeah. Or I'm like, yeah <laughs> It's definitely a place that like you go and it gets your wheels spinning of like, what could I do to live here? Or, you know, it, and it's always in your mind of like, when do I get to go back? And yes, definitely. simple things. Like I went to the store and I found this juice that reminded me of Africa. And now I like, it's always in my fridge because it reminds me of that juice that Eddie would make every morning. <laughs> and I'm just a year later from being there, I am still so obsessed with it that I was with women of the wild. I was like, okay, we have to go back. Um, but there's places down in Texas that steal our heart. And I feel like we need to set something up with you guys because your ranch is so stunning that I think that would be just another one, especially for us Northern girls who don't get to experience that coming down into your neck of the woods. Places like that are so different for us, but I'm telling you, when you're ready, you come up here and we'll shoot some turkeys or waterfowl up here in Michigan, too. Yes, ma'am. And when y'all are ready, y'all come down. You're welcome anytime to the ranch. I would love that. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. And I would love to be able to, to connect with you more about any of this and get set and set up for us to do a hunt, female hunt, veteran hunt, or even a youth hunt. Um, it's really awesome that you got to go experience that with your brother, but also that you are such a tight knit family that you run this ranch together. So I, I knew that you were like going to be really awesome in watching your Instagram and seeing what you're going through, but really sitting down and talking to you, you brought back a lot of humanity, especially that story about Tot. Like I had no idea you had done that till we were sitting here talking. And I just want to commend you on that because I think sometimes in our generation and our society, we've lost a lot of that. So being that inspiration to be that good heart out there is just leaves me speechless. Well, thank you. And I'd love to help out any way I can and you're a woman of the wild. And if you ever need anything from me or need any help running anything, you know, I'd love to travel and I'd love to help out in any way that I possibly could. Well, we come down to Texas quite a bit, so I'm, I'll be down in here and I'm going to give you a call. We'll have to meet up even if it's for lunch or something. I'm going to come yes, home and drive it. <laughs> yes, ma'am. But um, I really appreciate you talking to us today, and I look forward to being able to talk to you more in the future. Um, but I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in and listening to Faith's story and hearing about everything that, you know, she's experienced with Rhino Land Safaris. Again, we're going back um, in August with a group of women. We do still have spots available. Um, thank you for talking to us about your Lunker Ranch because it's an incredible place that things like that need to be put on the map, especially from good people, good, honest people. Um, so if you're looking to go to Texas, make sure that you look up Lunker Ranch, check them out up and running now. And if it's on your dream list, they'll be able to get it for you. Um, we also have a lot of other trips coming up. So make sure you check out our website, www.womenofthewild.net. We have bow fishing. We have uh, flying cart bow fishing. We have our Africa trip. 
We have some multi-species trips and um, we also have merchandise, cookbooks, calendars still online, um, supporting a good cause uh, for getting more women in the outdoors and properly educated. But Faith, before we say goodbye, um, I would love for you to share if you're comfortable with it, your Instagram or any way people can get a hold of you or the ranch or anything like that that you're willing to share because you have an incredible journey that I think people should see. Yes, ma'am. My Instagram is faith underscore Robertson underscore. And that's about the only social media I have, but I do have an email and it's faithrobertson20 at gmail.com. Now, what about your ranch? Because I, I saw that your Instagram's up and running for the ranch and you don't have a lot posted yet, but you guys are getting there and more to come. Right. Yes, ma'am. Now that we're open for hunting and actually have lodging for people to stay, it's a lot easier for us to um, host people and host hunters and host big groups. We do have quite a few beds there now, so we can host probably the largest group that would want to come. And our um, at on Instagram is L-U-N-K-E-R, Lunker underscore ranch. Well, thank you for sharing that. And y'all make sure you go check out Faith because I want to know what these rocks are all about. And she's <laughs> going to have that answer for us soon. So um, thank you, Faith, for speaking to us. And yes, we really ma'am. appreciate you. Thank you for having me. And that concludes this episode of Women of the Wild podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you have any questions or would like to check out our website, it is www.womenofthewild.net. We post different events and everything that we've got going on. We would really like to also thank our sponsors, ACC Crappie Sticks, Girls with Guns, Southern Snare, Sawmill Creek Baits and Lures, RMC Custom Calls, Atlantic Coral Enterprise, Blast and Cast Guide Service, Epler Fur, Feather Moon Calls, Shangalaya Safari, Dr. Josh Farr Children's Books, and Shelly Emmer with Dirty Girl Guide Service. Thank you all and hope that you tune in in two weeks for our next episode.